Hello and welcome. This is our second episode of our Life Outside the Box podcast. And this is Maggie here. And we've got Taz with us and Laura. And we are pumped today to be talking about relationships. And at Life Outside the Box, we're all about taking action in your life and inspiring and empowering you to do so in a way that feels truly in alignment with who you are. And, uh, and I think relationships seem to be a really big topic of conversation in our free community. Uh, and it's been coming up a lot lately. So we wanted to hop on and chat a bit about how we can take aligned action in our relationships and some of the pitfalls that can happen and tripping points that come up for us. Um, and so, yeah, let's, let's kick it off. I think one of the things that was um, talked about quite a bit seems to be that making time for intimacy um, can be a bit of a struggle. So looking at the story, the language around, I feel too busy to be intimate with my partner or to make time to spend with my partner. Um, so Taz, you have the most living creatures on your property of anyone that I know. <laughs> uh, I would imagine that your life is probably very full and busy. Yeah, you could say that. So do you, how, how do you, how do you navigate this? Do you ever feel like you're too busy to, to make space for intimacy? <sighs> yeah. Yes and no, because Pat and I have actually done a lot of work recently around our intimacy. Um, we actually recently worked with a sex coach and we originally started working with her because we wanted to improve our communication and our understanding of each other's like sexualities and just kind of where we fell on the communication level and we just were not meeting the same mark like we would get upset when we started talking about intimacy you know one kind of has expectations that this is going to happen and the other one has an expectation that that was going to happen and so we're actually really great communicators but we just were we just weren't having a great time communicating on on our intimacy levels so we we did some work with a sex coach and it was so great and i think the word sex coach is kind of misleading because it kind of implies like oh you're going to someone's going to teach you how to have better sex yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, we have great sex so that was that was not like why we sought her out and um, uh, we still have great sex but i think intimacy can ultimately like a lot of people just associate intimacy with sex and I think at the at the base level it's really just about connection and connection on a emotional physical spiritual level um and so that's a really long-winded way of answering your question about do I feel busy and yes for me because I am not a person who is like uh like spontaneous desire isn't who I am so like when I see Pat I don't automatically get all hot and steamy I'm like oh yeah I want to be I want to have like sex right now you know so a lot has to go into us being sexually intimate um, and we have a great connection on the on the non-sexual side and I think that was where we kind of have done a lot of work 
together to find the time to be intimate, like sexually. And we have to schedule it. Sorry, I know it sounds really kind of boring and like, <laughs> but it's, it's not because you can make it super fun and we've learned all these cool ways to, you know, intertwine like um, different approaches and what we're going to do. And actually it's really great. And right now we're both so busy with other things in our life and we're kind of overwhelmed, but because we have this great base of communication and connection, it's, it's not a problem. You know, we can go days without being intimate or having connection and we can kind of just come back together and being like, man, this kind of sucks right now. Like we can't be intimate, but we know it's going to end and let's find that time to, to build it into our schedule. Um, so uh, I think before it was for me, it was kind of like, well, I'm so tired and I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. Like how can he think that having sex right now is appropriate? You know, and I think that's a really common way of woman thinking. It's almost like, like, well, what do you mean he? It's like, I want this too. But for some reason, for, you know, cultural reasons and like just stigma around sex and women, um, I think we always kind of think it's this thing that just men want and, and, and men need it and, and women don't. And I think that's complete, absolute rubbish. And um, so, yeah, I've had, to I've had to do a lot of work with myself, retraining around that story, like that it's just something I do for my husband. Um, mm. And that's absolutely not how I feel about it. And it's for me and it's for us and it's for our children and it's for, you know, the relationship. And so, yeah, we schedule it. You know, and, the, and that's, not the, that's not the first time that I've heard this concept of scheduling sex. And actually it's something that... Um, that we have also done in, in our marriage as well at times when things have gotten um, really busy and, and, you know, like there's, there's been so many elements of our life that have been improved by introducing a schedule. And uh, some of my favorite things are scheduled in, <laughs> into my day and into my week. So um, yeah, it just, it just at first felt a little strange to do it. Right. And I think like, I don't know, like, did, did you ever at the beginning when you started scheduling it, like, did you ever get like performance anxiety where it's like, oh no, now it's, it's sex time. And I, oh no, I'm not in the right headspace. Do I look okay? What should, should I put something different on? Like, Totally. Well, yeah, I, you know, we had to do all these kind of different scenarios, which was super fun, but also like really outside of our comfort zone. So yeah, we definitely both experienced a bit of that, but at the end of the day, it just increases your opportunity to be more vulnerable with each other. And I think that just creates even more intimacy it's like the more sex you have the more sex you have you know Esther Perel quote and um and I think that's totally true just like yeah it's like you know how w when babies are little the more sleep they get the more sleep they get I'm mm -hmm. not sure you know, if you know that Maggie but yeah that's like a common saying and it and I think it's true for really anything natural and um yeah the scheduling thing was weird for sure but um not anymore. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right that, that finding that vulnerability, right. I think laughter, um, during times of intimacy is so important. Um, yeah. and, and it sometimes feels like it's not appropriate. It's like not appropriate time to, to laugh. And, <clears throat> but I think bringing in that, that playfulness and, you know, yeah, okay. It's funny. Here we are. And we've carved out this time and mm -hmm. we're going to go now. And I, I don't know. I always like, it always seems like you were talking about um, that, that old mindset of feeling like the sex is for, 
your partner. And that's something mm-hmm. that, that you have to do for him. And, and, and I've definitely had those feelings. And yet when, once I'm into it and we're in the moment and that thought flows back into my head, I'm like, Oh, I was so wrong. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> but- <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really, it's a really crazy thing that we've just been told. I think it's, it's something that we've culturally been brought up being told that it's um, sex is for men and, and, you know, it's to, to please the men. And, and, uh, and I don't think that's, that's the norm anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and women are way more sexual than men. Um, and we all know that, and there's science to prove it. Um, so yeah. What about you, Laura? What about, how do you guys keep, keep the train going? Yeah. It's been an interesting ride since, <laughs> since, uh, you know, having Evie and that we spent a lot of time living in a van. Um, and so we've had periods of time where it was pretty tough I and mean, we, we co-slept in the van and we were on the go and it was just us three. We didn't have childcare or any of that. Um, we, uh, during that season of life, we talked a lot about the ways in which intimacy kind of like you were saying, Taz goes beyond just like, we would say it's more than just like the P and the B. Um, there are so many ways <laughs> to be intimate. The way we talk to each other, the way I maybe grab his butt or like touch his arm or even just like talking about how we both acknowledge we're not having as much sex, the actual physical act of sex that we, as we want to, there's intimacy in that, like acknowledging, like, I wish this was happening more. It's not during this season. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> um, and just acknowledging that I think it's huge whether like someone's sick or not feeling well, um, just talking about it. We talk about sex a lot. We talk about how much mm-hmm. we want each other a lot. We talk about things that we enjoy a lot. Um, so even if we're having little spells, we're not having as much sex. And we talk about like, if one of us had a dream about the other one, or if, you know, we were in the middle of something and the other one came to mind in that way, we always share that. So for us, communication is huge where it's like, even if we're not having sex multiple times a week, as we might want to be, we talk about the fact that it's still on our mind multiple times a day kind of thing. Um, and I think that's been really helpful. I will say pregnancy for me, um, with Evie was like a sexual awakening for me. I had I had orgasms before that, but not, but like something with the hormones or whatnot, I had this like spiritual awakening where I could climax like super easy. And so it made, it made for a really like, I don't know, an enlightening season for me. Um, I know that's kind of unique because it came back postpartum, like really looking forward to intimacy again and, and sex again. And um, I don't really know where I was going that, but I think I think, it, I think where I was going with that is the same as like, if you sleep more, you sleep more. If you have sex more, you have sex more because realizing that there is so much opportunity for immense pleasure for me as a woman um, just makes me want it more. So all that to say, we also schedule it <laughs> um, because we, um, now that we're have a home base and Evie's in school, I will say that I am much more game for daytime, like morning or daytime sex, then when I, it's like the end of the day and I am just wiped out and really all I want to do is go to bed. Um, so what we do is she has like afternoon school twice a week. And so we've scheduled it in for those periods and, and we look, we know that it's happening and we look forward to it. And then like, I get home from dropping her off and it's just like one look and we know it's time. Um, and so we kind of will also like drop hints like throughout the day that we're, you know, it's on our mind, like I was saying. Um, and then I found that scheduling that in again, leads to then maybe, you know, when I am tired at the end of the night, I'm still kind of revved up for it. And I might want it in times where I 
otherwise might not have because we're having it more often. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just like you yeah. have it, you want it kind of thing. But Laura, um, I, f- I feel like you, you don't have uh, the same hangups that, that some women do around sex. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't ever feel, um, that you are, you're, you know, even before your pregnancy, sexual awakening or spiritual awakening, <laughs> <laughs> um, that you had, hang, you know, like you were, you were always very like, no, this is for me. This is for us. There was no, like, you, you'll be tired, but, but I don't think you associate that. that then your brain doesn't then go to like, oh, I'm tired, like, why should I have sex right now? You're just like, oh, yeah. I'm tired, so sex isn't on the table. What do you think, like, the difference is there? Like, how do you, yeah. like, why do you think your mindset is different in that way? I think it goes back to, let's go way back to, like, childhood and teenage years when I was raised in a very Catholic home and, like, sex was a taboo and I waited a very long time. Um, and I look back and I, I, like, didn't have relationships because I was worried that, the only, like if I, if I got into a serious relationship in high school, that sex would just be an expectation. So I kind of just like avoided it for a long time because I never felt, I think I've never allowed that to be a thing. I never wanted to be in a relationship or be with someone where there was an expectation that I would need to have sex when I didn't want to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just like, I was, and then, and then since that time and having, having to work through like in therapy and with myself and my own sexuality, my own sense of self, the, the magic of sex and that it's not a terrible thing. And then it's actually incredible. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that's it. I, I, I just, it's never been on my radar to have sex for someone else. And so I guess in some ways I'm grateful for that time in my life where I wasn't going to date someone or be with someone until like, I felt ready to have sex and also want it. Um, so it's kind of like this interesting dichotomy there where sometimes I resent that season of my life where I was basically, it was ingrained in me that sex as a thing was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's ever been ingrained in me that as a woman, I need to have sex for somebody else. It was more just mm-hmm. like, wait till you're in love, wait till you're married, wait till whatever. I didn't wait till I was married, but um, I did wait a long time for that. So for me, it's just always been like, I didn't want to put myself or be in a situation where that was an expectation. And, and I mean, I can, that's kind of just the way that Rusty and I are when it comes to sex is like, we have the open communication and we always want to make sure that both are on the same page. That said, we have kind of like a general rule, I guess, of thumb where it's like, if he is showing like, you know, he's kind of instigating or initiating and I'm not there, I will tell him like, Hey, right now my brain's not there at all. And then I'll always say, that doesn't mean I can't get there. So he just, he knows that like, if I'm not immediately revved up, that doesn't mean that I won't get there. Right. Yeah. And I think that you just get on something there that your communication is very clear. You're very clear with what you're, what you want and what you don't want. Well, and that's Mm -hmm. really interesting Mm -hmm. because I think, I think that you first need to know that in order to communicate it. Right. And even as simple as like, like, like you said, um, you prefer not to, you know, you you'd prefer to have sex in the morning or in the afternoon. And like, I feel the same way I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And for me, bed is where mm-hmm. I at night is where I read my book and I go to sleep. And I like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to have sex before bed. And like, sometimes I love it, but I would say that's the exception, not the rule. Um, I'm way more like 
poking them in the morning, trying to wake up before the alarm. So we have time, right. And, um, or I'll set the alarm early and not tell them. And then, <laughs> then he'll wake up and be like, why are we up so early? And what are you doing <laughs> under the covers? Um, <laughs> and, um, but I think knowing that about yourself, um, would be like almost like step one to figuring out how do we make more space for intimacy? When do I feel ready to be intimate? When, when is that the ideal time for me in the day or in a given week? Um, and then I think like also knowing what, what works for you, like what makes you feel good? Because I am not a light switch. Um, I like, I just can't, turn it on. And some women can, and lots of men can. Um, like my husband said to me once, he's like, if you ever want to have sex or be intimate, you just let me know. It doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm mm-hmm. doing. If I'm Same mad, if we were that. in the middle of a fight, if I got to run out the door, like, he's like, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll drop everything and have sex with you. <laughs> yeah. And so like acknowledging that I was like, okay, so, so what, what is it for me then? Cause sometimes like you said, Laura, I'm not there right now, but I always feel like I could probably get there, but knowing that means that if I'm going to schedule that time, or if we're going to go down that road, I need to know it might not be a 10 minute encounter for me. Like I might want to jump in the shower with you first and like be naked mm-hmm. together and, and kind of get my head out of the busy day. And then we can take it from there. Right. Um, so I think like, a real intimate knowing of yourself and what feels good for you and what works for you is almost like the precursor to being able to schedule successful romantic encounters. And, you know, because you can't schedule that until you know what's going to work for you and then being vulnerable enough with your partner to be able to share that. Yeah, I think that's, that's, you really hit the nail on the head there, Maggie, you have to really know yourself. Like for me, I'm a very sensual person. So like the senses are really important to me. So if there's like, if the bedroom's messy, if it smells weird, like, or if I can see certain things in my like peripheral vision, um, that's like a no go. And, and, you know, like we've done a lot of like work with that and Pat knows that. So um, like, like Lucas, Pat has way, way less demands. (laughs) So, you know, he'll like go around and clean the room or, you know, he'll, take all the clothes off the bed. Like he will do whatever it takes. Like he yeah. is there ready. And, um, he, you know, he'll try and put on the, the, the diffuser to make a nice smell. And, um, but just going, hitting on the, like the time of the day thing. Cause I'm, I'm like both of you too. I would prefer to have it during the day or in the morning, but that is just virtually impossible in our house. Um, so we have to schedule it in the evenings. Like it is a very rare occasion where, nobody is at our house, you know, a a kid or someone else, um, just us. And so, like you said, it's like, can become quite a big thing. And sometimes maybe sex isn't even involved in that because by the time we are like intimate, maybe we do some, you know, like, um, like non-intimate touching or just talking, um, you know, then after that, sometimes it's like, okay, well, that was great. I feel I feel great now. Like we don't need to have sex, but most of the time we do. But yeah, like you said, it just it it can it can take a little longer than just like <laughs> Laura's like okay, we we lock eyes and then boom, you know, we know it's happening, sort of thing. Because um, yeah, especially after I've like put the kids to bed, like there's that transition between children and intimacy for me that just do not link. Like there is 
there is a time where I need to, yeah, take a shower or like get that out of my head and, um, and then we can kind of connect. And, and I think if you don't know that stuff, that's when it can get, you start getting resentful because you come like, for example, I, there would be moments where I'd come out of the bedroom from putting the kids down and Pat would be standing there and poor guy, you know, he's just, he's still ready and like still was always ready and waiting to do anything I asked him, but automatically in my head, I would have created the story like, Oh, he's just standing here wanting sex, mm-hmm. you know? And that's not at all the case, but he's more like, what can I do to help you? And then I'm like, well, you mean, because so we can have sex. And it's like, that's just, it's just not fair. And um, that's not how I feel at all. But that just took a lot of work of like uncovering like stories that I told myself about like our intimacy. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's interesting. Like I I've come up against a few times where I feel like, um, and it could be totally just me feeling this way, but like, I feel like, like sex has been used not to foster increased intimacy and connection, but that it's being used as a sleep aid or it's being used as a stress reducer or, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, go jerk off. Like you don't need me to do that, you know? And, and that's not what I want. I'm not your sleeping pill or I'm not, you know, like I'm not what you do to, to take your mind off of the hard day that you had. Like, mm-hmm. sure. Sex can do those things for you. That's a side benefit, but I never want to feel like I'm being used for, to, to get something else out of the sex and not enjoying the sex for the fact that it's sex. And that's where, for me, I feel like I really need to be um, complicit in what's happening. I need to mm-hmm. be on board. We need to be together, excited, um, and passionate and having this exchange so that we're increasing our connection together and our intimacy. And sure. If we end up feeling sleepy after great, if we end up forgetting all our day's troubles, perfect. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't ever want to feel like I'm using my partner to get some needs met in that way where I feel like to me, at least, that's not, that's not what intimacy is for. Um, that's just a fringe benefit sometimes. Right. Yeah, I agree. There's always self-pleasure for that. That's what (laughs) I mean. You (laughs) You know, like, you know, you're having a stressful day, you're going to go and Mm -hmm. have some time alone. Like, great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I wonder if that comes, comes at the, you know, like just to kind of go back to, to the, the communication, like how we're talking about with, with you, Laura, like if, if we have a hard time communicating with our partners or significant others as friends, you know, just in our everyday life, like the chances of that kind of bleeding into our intimacy is probably going to be pretty high. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's like such a balance of like remaining friends and being respectful in the way that you would with a regular friend. Mm-hmm. If you think about sometimes how we talk to our, you know, significant others, we probably wouldn't talk to other people like that. Um, and I think we all, the three of us, have great relationships with our significant others. And I think that's come with a lot of work at that base level. And um, how, I don't know, how would you guys say, like, how, you, how do you stay friends with, with your husbands? Hmm. We try to always work in things that throughout the week that are fun. So it doesn't just, and I, and I will say like, I acknowledge the fact that we have a unique schedule. Um, as I know, 
I think all three of us really do where it's not like a nine to five kind of wake up, only see each other in the morning, have maybe have breakfast or coffee, give a kiss. Okay. I'll see you at like 5 PM. Um, so we are able to work walks and we like to spend a lot of time outside and things that we enjoy throughout the week and communicate throughout the week. Um, and so that it's not just all just like we try and make it so life isn't just a bunch of logistics all the time. Yes. I totally believe in a schedule and like, I think it's super important, but, but we always try to prioritize stuff like that, like fun into the days, even if it's just like cooking together or, you know, at the end of the night, if we have a shit, like maybe sitting down, I know I'm not a big TV person, but if we get into a show and I know that that is a, his love language, I don't really like TV. I'd rather go to bed and read, but he loves watching shows at the end of the night. And so sometimes like Mm -hmm. doing that together, just, and, and I like, I think, on a Sunday, like I'd like to be out doing stuff all day long and he likes to veg. So kind of just making sure we're again, comes back to communication, meeting each other where we are. I mean, sometimes he wants to just lay in and watch a movie on a Sunday and I want to go on a hike. We both enjoy doing those things together. So like making sure that there's just, I guess, a balance of the things that we love. And then also the things we love to really do together. Um, it kind of, I guess, goes back to the love language thing is making, we, we take that test every year at the new year. Um, and I think it's been really good for us to see because sometimes it changes through different seasons of life like what what are our strongest love languages and how can we try to speak those you know throughout the the everyday um i guess that's a part of it for us i'm just checking in like mm-hmm. trying to just say hey how are you like we we do a check-in every night i get evie down and then i come out and just sit next to them and say like how, how you know how how are you how are you doing that kind of thing so it's super quick, like I'm good kiss. And I will just go read. And other times it's like, we, you know, maybe have a longer conversation. Um, but I think that's a big part of it for us is like just making sure we're communicating and trying to speak each other's love language, love languages. That's really neat. I find like for us, a, a big part of our kind of daily communication that I think keeps us, um, friends is, uh, that we listen to each other. And, and I, sometimes as his wife, it's tempting to <laughs> give my opinion on everything he has to say or what he chose to do today or how he chose to handle things. Um, and we fall into that kind of pattern of like, well, this is how I feel about what you, you just said. And this is, you know, and, and I think the more we can create space where it's just tell me what's going on. Tell me what's happening with your day. Tell me the good stuff. Tell me the frustrating stuff. And I'm just going to hear you. I'm just going to listen like a good friend and let you get it out. And, and it's creating space for that vulnerability. It's, it's not me passing judgment or offering my opinion on, on how things could have been handled or should have been handled. And it also, it, it, it makes it so that I don't get as worked up in those conversations and he feels really heard um, and then we're both able to let go of the day. And it's in that moment when we can take a deep breath and then he'll say, Hey, do you want to go for a walk around the block after dinner? And we'll go for a walk and we'll hold hands. And, and, and it's the end of the day. And we're not talking about work and we're not talking about stressful things. We're just enjoying each other's company. And I don't think that that could have happened had we had that touch base. And I <laughs> gave him my two cents on how he handled things during the day, or if we had that touch base and I needed to vent and he ignored me or, you know, just carried on doing whatever he was doing while I was trying to share with him. So I think like for us, a big part of our communication to keep it, keep, 
keep friendly in our marriage is actually just being quiet and and listening to each other. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I think um, that's really hard <laughs> for Pat it and is. I. <laughs> it's hard for sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we've worked on is uh, is like the timing of that communication, like you were saying, um, because uh, my natural like I'm a one Enneagram and so like visually things when they're out of place like aesthetically or like I just want to criticize like it's my it's that's my first thing I just want to do like why did you do it that way so I've had to unlearn so much of because like a nobody wants to be told like what they've done wrong when they're trying to do something right I mean you know and uh you know the the biggest thing and pat used to point out to me all the time was when he'd come back from the supermarket without a doubt the first thing that would come out of my mind like why did you get this milk why didn't you get the other milk like without even being like thanks for going to the grocery store or wow look at all this food you bought like you know it, it was always like why did you do this and so we have and and while pat isn't critical of me by any means like I think it's like you were saying, Maggie, like his initial reaction is also to kind of help solve problems. Let's solve the problem. And sometimes you don't want the problem to be solved. And so for us, it's kind of like about timing. Like if something initially, you know, gets us defensive, we've, we're learning to just step back and being like, maybe not say anything if it doesn't warrant anything being said in the situation. And then later on being like, Hey, maybe next time, um, you could say it differently, like just it, it kind of upset me the way you said that, or um, it made me feel like you didn't really care about the thing that I was talking about, or you know, however you want to phrase it. But and it just can be heard so much easier when you do that, and uh, that is really hard to do. And I think it goes back to the like we wouldn't talk to our friends that way. We wouldn't react really quickly to our friends. We would stop, breathe, take a pause, and maybe not say anything like you're saying. Um, so. For us, that's definitely for our communication every day. We're learning how to do that. And then I would say the other thing is that um, our like barometer on how good of friends we are is like how much I'm laughing at Pat's jokes. <laughs> and not rolling your eyes. <laughs> exactly. That's adorable. <laughs> that is really so sweet. It's like he has this one joke that he like uses maybe like twice a day. And if I don't laugh at it, he's like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) This is not good. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Well, I think very scientific. what's, What's really neat is that this whole piece of the conversation, I think, goes back to the same thing. And that is like, know thyself. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like my husband needs to get things off his chest. He can't sit and brew with it inside. He needs to share it with me and he can't handle That's it. That's me if, to a T. Yeah. He can't mm-hmm. handle it either. If I'm brewing things or I'm holding on to things, he needs to know what they are and we need to get them out. Like he just, he's, you a, know, he's his a, Enneagram. He's a one, he's, me. Like, he's a one, oh, like he's a one. <laughs> funny. I'm a seven, but I, that's so me. <laughs> yeah. So he he's, and he's like, uh, yeah, so he, he can't, he can't hold those things in. He needs to get them out and he needs if you're holding something and he can tell he can't handle it. He's like, we, need, the same to, way. we need to get this out in the air. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and yet at the same time, heaven forbid, we have that kind of conversation, whether it's about me and my feelings or him and his anytime after dinner, like we won't sleep. We will be mm. up until midnight and probably in an argument and in and out of trying to be compassionate and feeling incredibly frustrated. Like it's just not a good time. I'm 
snippy and he is overly emotional. And so we have learned that for various reasons for both of us, like those kinds of conversations cannot happen then. They have to happen at another time. So we try to structure them in, right? Like if we touch base at breakfast in the morning and kind of look over our days and sort of troubleshoot some things, a little bit of logistics, but it really does open the door to being like, oh, I was really hoping we'd, we'd be able to connect at lunch and have lunch together. And then I'm, I think, oh yeah, okay. That wasn't even on my radar, but you know what? If I moved a few things around, I could do that. I could accommodate that and make that space for quality time, which is a huge love language for both of us. Um, so, but seeing that maybe he needed it more, right? So we try to build in a bit of communication time in the morning. And then usually at the end of the day, but before dinner and evening events, we try to have a little so how was your day? How did everything go? And then create that space for each other. But I think knowing, do you need to decompress? Do you need to vent? Do you need to share these things? Do you need help with, a, like he'll say to me all the time, why did you ask me this question? You clearly didn't want me to answer it. I'm like, no, I didn't. You're right. I phrased it as a question. It wasn't a question. It was actually me needing to just talk to you and have you listen to me. Uh, so like knowing yourself, how do you need to communicate? What do you need to communicate? Cause some people maybe feel like they'd rather process things internally or phone mm-hmm. a girlfriend and not bring it into their marriage. So I think knowing yourself is so important. And then being able to open up that conversation with your partner and say, Hey, this is what I'm needing in order to feel like then I can cut the ties of my day, or I can let go of these stresses and truly just be with you. And that opens up the possibilities for intimacy. I think. Boom. Way to round that out, Maggie. Well, there you Boom. go. <laughs> I'm like sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's absolutely true. If, if, um, if you don't know what you need and how you're trying to be heard, it's, it's kind of like a recipe for a disaster, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It's like brewing frustration and you don't even know why. So you, you don't know why. Through. And you're just fumbling through and you start blaming external things for mm-hmm. things that maybe you can fix yourself. I've done that a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's only really in the last two, three years that I've come to realize like, Hey, it's not, them it's me (laughs) well and how empowering is that right like I always go back to that question whenever I'm feeling frustrated in any area of my life it's not about blame but I fold it back on myself and say like where can I step up Mm -hmm. where can I do better because it's so empowering to know that I can make changes regardless of anything else that's going on in my world, if I can make changes within myself that will improve my quality of life, that will improve my relationships, that will improve my work. And you know, like how, how amazing is that, that you don't need to involve anybody? Exactly. Yeah. I, it's, it's very freeing actually. It's very freeing. It is. Yeah, it really is. The power of taking action. Know thyself. <laughs> it's old wisdom, but it's good wisdom. Yeah. And the, the answer might not be right there and like in your face when you do take that time, but sometimes just like taking that time is action in of itself. Just like, okay, so it's not about anyone else. It's about me. And it might take a little bit of time to dig into like what it actually needs to change, but even just taking that time or that awareness is huge. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's been fun. That's another podcast in the books. 
Yeah, I really right. enjoyed that. Thanks, ladies. Thanks so much. Thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Okay, bye.